If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. This is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. Just for all of you. Hallie, how are, how are you doing? I'm okay. I am. This is my last day, and I'm about to have two weeks off. Ooh, and yeah. it, I am in heaven. I'm going to repaint. This room's going to be a different color by the time we record it next. Oh, wow. I, what color I'm, are you going to paint it? I'm going to basically switch. So I, this is going to be a peach, and then I'm painting my living room like a, a light, like a color mint. Color uh, that's a little too yellow for me, but mm. but I I, su- I support p- all peaches. Yeah. Um, okay, that's nice. Yeah. And then the well, living room is going to be teal. Um, the living room is going to be like a mint. So I I feel like I made a bad choice, and both of these colors are too dark, mm. and so I want to lighten them. And oh, that's them. nice. Yeah, yeah. I want to paint, but it just feels like there's not really enough space in here for me to do that know. at this a point. Little, I should have done it before. A little accent wall? I don't know. I know. I I've know. thought about it. And I have like, a, my friend upstairs lives in this same, it's the exact same apartment layout. And um, she painted um, under our kitchen island, which I think I am going to do actually. Oh yeah, that's cool. Because it gets all scuffed up and it's like, we have gray counter, gray granite countertops. And it's like, oh, like a lighter, darker gray on that wall instead of white would be nice because it'll probably not be as dirty looking all the time. And then, and she did a little alcove that we have painted, she painted it like a lilac and it was really nice. And I was like, oh, I love that. But it just like, Pretty. I don't know. It's all fun in theory until I have to actually paint something. Yeah, but then you only have to do it once. You know what I mean? It's this not like an ongoing nightmare or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, we'll how see. are you doing otherwise? I mean, I, I, we, I think we are both uh, very sad. Um, we're recording this in mid December because we're getting ahead for uh, the holidays and our break. But, um, uh, the comedy community in general is is a bit of a disaster because uh, Kenny DeForest, a very funny and absolutely like warm and wonderful comedian, was in a bike accident and passed away um, a few days ago. And it's just, it's so horrific. And it's he was so young. And there's just, like, I, I hope that everybody who bikes um, wears a helmet and is really careful. And like, especially this time of year, it gets dark so early. It is so much harder to see what's going on. I, I, it is absolutely tragic, but it has been, like, really, really beautiful seeing, like, every comedian posting about how great Kenny was and what a, like, wonderful, kind, um, and just, like, warm person. He Like, everybody, like, if you knew him for, like, five seconds, he was just, like, the nicest, warmest. You were one of his best friends. Like, it was just, like, he was so great. I know you um, knew him as well, and it's just, ugh. I mean, it's so sad. But he has a ton of comedy out there that you guys can go watch, and, like, I implore everybody to please, like, he has a YouTube special. He's been on Late Night a bunch of times. He has a Comedy Central set. Like, he's so funny. He has great politics. Like, just everything about, like, yeah. I, a huge endorsement to go to go watch and support those things because those, you know, those views, you know, matter and are, it's still money that goes towards his family and and also just, like, a brilliant mind that shouldn't be uh, forgotten. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been I, hard. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm really glad you brought him up and I'm glad that we're remembering him. And I, I didn't know him as well as you did, mostly because I stopped doing stand-up after a certain point. <laughs> but I do remember him as so, so warm, so Ugh. incredibly kind. And I'm honestly in therapy dealing with, like, the out— my, my years in the comedy trenches and, like, 
Mm-hmm. Truly a, um, and I'm not saying this about all comedians, obviously, but at least at the time, I think, and then now probably, it's like just a truly toxic, yes. insane, patriarchal, like, it just, it's just a really horrible environment, I, I think, as a woman to work with, work in at the time yes. in particular, yeah. let alone anyone else. And I think, I remember, again, I didn't know Kenny, but Kenny was someone who I thought of as so incredibly genuine and nice mm-hmm. and just approachable and he's also good friends with two other comedians um Clark Jones and mm-hmm. Will Miles who is currently writing for me he does um writes jokes oh, yeah. for love Will it or leave the it best. and so they are both so funny as well and i just think of them as like this incredibly like positive male mm-hmm. like i know unit like that we totally got to know broke through all of the like absolute shit bags that we have yeah. to like suffer through at every open mic and every show and every hang and stuff like that. And it's like those guys, you were just like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank Honestly, God they're here. Thank truly. God I get to talk to them, that I get to know them. And then also getting to watch all three of them. And, and obviously Kenny in particular right now has felt like what a, what, how lucky we are that we got to be in a community with them. Yeah. And, um, it's also made me so grateful, like, that comedy, that there is a comedy community and, like, yes. that there are, like, real connections. And, and so much of my love goes out to that Chicago crew because they yeah. are all so tight. But, I mean, I think also I look at, like, this podcast and the community it creates and how, like, mm-hmm. wonderful it is that, like, when awful things happen, like, I I don't think we are alone. And it's, like, really nice that we have that. And now we're just <laughs> going to cry. Now I'm crying. <laughs> I've cried, I cried at a Target at Atlantic Terminal the other day, and it was not the first time I've cried in there. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I, I, I remember that Target. I, I think you, you actually have to start crying before they let you in. Um, yeah, they're like, are you in the middle of trauma? That's the right, only like, re- You're the only people who are allowed to come shop here. This absolute hell. Yeah. Um, but it is just, like, you know, as we, as we reach the end of the year and, and things are— you know, both, like, really joyful but also really hard for so many people. It has been, I don't know, I know that people are listening to this in January in the new year, but it's been such a nice, um, you know, I look at this podcast and I look at um, all of the listeners and the people who, like, reach out to us. And, like, I mean, I can't count the number of people who have, like, messaged me, like, great info about, like, endo and fibroids and all that. And it's just like, wow, you're total strangers. And, like, (laughs) they don't—it's just so nice. And I really, you know, seeing everybody rally around Kenny's family and Kenny's close friends in this, like, awful moment um, makes me really grateful that we have each other. Yeah, and and I think I, I, as you say, it's like, oh right, this will come out in January. But yeah, I I, I think we just want to, I don't know, keep a keep a mindset of gratitude is how mm-hmm. I think about it. Sorry, I'm gonna cry. I know, but yeah, it's it's truly, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's um, you know, there's so many people in your life that like it's like again, we weren't close, but yeah. you know, you know, the impact you could have on people. It also makes me want to be like, the importance of comedy, which also is like, oh my God, but it's true. I it's mean, true. And like, you know, you know, I think there's like so many times where people are like disgustingly self-promoting, but like to see every single person sharing these clips of Kenny and being like, I think about this bit all the time and it's so funny. And like, yeah. it is so nice that like he's gone, which is awful, but like that we get to like have that still, like that there mm. is all of this like recorded, really brilliant, fun, joyful, like comedy that he made and like that that can be revisited or found for the first time by people and you know it's it's you know nicer than just a picture and it's just nice to have that um and it does and it does last and it like that people are like 
sharing like jokes and like funny things that he did and said. And like, it's not all as sad as it all is. It's also this like really great celebration of like what he was able to do. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, like you said that, but I think it's, like, um, a moment for all of us to sort of, like, sorry, <laughs> I think, you know, sort of understand sort of our own role in, like, all of our communities. And also I think a lot about legacy, you know, mm-hmm. and I think working in the entertainment industry, I know I've definitely um, found myself being like, well, if I don't do this one particular thing, <laughs> then, it, you know I mean, that I wouldn't have yeah. done anything. Right. I think, you know having, like, a creative life is a legacy in itself, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to make all these things. So, like like you said, like, live on. You know, I, I think it's, you know, sort of a reminder that all of our work is important. Like, mm-hmm. all, everything that everyone does touches someone. Um, anyways, so so the, the movie, <laughs> so the movie this week is Saw 2, uh, so we can get into that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you for bring, bringing him up. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. obviously this is this is now being you know released like lo- like you know probably a month after this happened. But you know, go watch his stuff. Um, he was a really special guy, and uh, you know, that's, yeah, it's all. And wear a helmet when you ride your bike, and be careful. Yes, yeah. it's in New York and LA in particular. It can be yeah. so dangerous. Um. Well, thank you. And yeah. uh, guys, this is well, we're still in podcast. sequels month. <laughs> yep, here we are, baby. Um, but yeah, so we are doing um, Saw 2 um, scene, if you will. And uh, we are keeping it moving. We, of course, like to have Allison watch the trailer uh, for every film we do. Allison, mm-hmm. what did you think of the Saw 2 trailer? I... Didn't and saw it's the original saw is one of the four horror movies I've seen. And uh, I yes. like I remember how it ends, but I don't remember <laughs> if we like like know do we know who Jigsaw is at the end of the first one? Yes, we do. Yes. So this is a great question that I, I myself had to <laughs> remind myself. But yes, we do know. Okay. We know both who it is and also that he is uh has a terminal cancer. Oh, right, that, right, right. And he don't worry, in case you didn't know that he does explain it all again. Honestly. Thank you, Jigsaw. Thank you, Jigsaw. <laughs> and of course, thank you, Jigsaw. Name, Jigsaw is the care, the serial killer aspect, um, and he, his name is John Kramer. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it is this movie. I was just such. We were we were supposed to record two episodes today, and we're doing one because like my ADHD brain is popping off, and I just can't focus long <laughs> enough to do two. I will say finishing this movie, and maybe that was part of it. I was like, I want, I will kick Jigsaw's ass myself. Like, if I have to hear this bastard explain, like, actually, if you think about it, like, it's good. I was like, I yeah. will punch you in your old face. Like, and how dare you? Yeah, he seems to pontificate. Um, he it, stinks. The vibe of this is kind of like escape room. Yes, this like is like escape, escape house. It is escape room after escape room, and then but the instead of finding like a fun code to solve with your friends, you just find a gigantic pit full of hypodermic needles. No, so you just that guy's not like it's less fun. I feel like I remember hearing about like when this came out. I remember like hearing about like seeing like the hypodermic needles was like mentioned. um, Yeah, in like the in the cultural discussion. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this trailer sucks. Yeah, big time stink. Um, Yeah. Uh, and then, I really I wanted to say, just turn into. Did you ever ever watch the Onions uh, 
online, the web series Sex House. No, I, you've talked about it before. I should. I just add it to your list. It is like, it, it gave, this gave me Sex House vibes. Okay, great. There was, there is a certain element of that I can, I can see. Um, there is, however, uh, we also have to take a baseline scary. I think a fun one we have, I don't know if we've ha- ever had it. And we, if we have, it's been a while. Allison, how spooky or how scary do you find the concept of poisonous gas? Oh, oh. I've actually like, okay. Okay. Um, that's actually been like kind of top of mind recently. Thank God. <laughs> okay. For me. Because I like, I don't know. I think something's like happening to my brain where I'm like slowly like losing my grip on reality. Cause I keep like, I was like feeling kind of off. I took a COVID test and I was like, it's not that. And it wasn't the flu and it wasn't a cold, but I was like, I was like, oh, I just feel, and I like started panicking that I was like getting carbon monoxide poisoning. Like, oh, there's girl, no, I've been there. Like, there I've was like, I had that panic. And it's like, it's like, I, I just something like for some reason, like my paranoia went there because I was mm. like, well, I haven't been outside. And I was like, maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Go outside right. and get some fresh air and walk around, you dumbass. Um, but I, I don't know why, but yeah. it's, it's a very, it's like a very scary fear. Um, I, yeah, I always remember that poor, um, Weird Al Yankovic, his parents died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And, um, I remember them asking him, you know, like, cause he went on tour pretty soon after. (laughs) They're like, well, why did you go on tour so soon after your parents died? He's like, well, the alternative is staying home and crying. Yeah. My parents dying. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, I, I, because I was, at least I'm getting out of the house. Yeah. Um, and of course, horror movie wise, the most iconic carbon monoxide poisoning moment was, of course, the beginning of Midsummer. Mm, Horrific. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you even remember that, Allison? I see. Mm-hmm. I see the look in your eyes. No, you could have said anything, and I would have agreed. Great. Well, but <laughs> go ahead. Uh, if you haven't listened, please go back and listen go to back. our Midsummer um, episode. And then before we begin, would you like to guess the twist in Saw Two? the twist. At first I was get, when I was watching the trailer I was like I bet the safe isn't even locked like because the whole okay. thing is like a safe like they're trying to get the code to open a safe that has the antidote to the poison. Mm. But then I was like, "Oh, you see them like pulling on the safe." So, I feel like maybe it is locked. Um I'm going to guess that the code I'm going to guess that these people are all connected to each other. And that, that is they correct. All... And do you want to guess how? Like, do you want to just throw out, like, how do you think they're connected? Because well, you're I was, I was going to guess that it's all different, like, but maybe they all, um, like, came from this, were born in the same hospital? Love it. Perfect. Exact born perfect in... horror movie guess. Yeah. yeah, they were all born in the same hospital, and I think that the code for the save is actually going to be, like, uh, like it's going to be, like, very obvious. Great. Okay, like, it's perfect. on the safe, but, like, they're missing it. Um, I just want to say this is directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, who also did Saw 3, Saw 4, and Spiral. Um, mm-hmm. He also directed the horror musical Repo the Genetic Opera, which I remember because Paris Hilton was in it. Oh. Do you remember that? It was no. a, it was a, um It was a, based on an actual opera, and it was like a sci-fi opera, and uh, Paris Hilton had a small role in it. Oh. Uh, Sarah Brightman was in it, Anthony Stewart Head. Uh, Paul Servino. I, I've never seen it. I don't know why I'm listing the credits for a movie we're not doing. Uh, but it was also <laughs> written by uh, Lee Wannell, uh, Wannell sorry, um, who, of course, uh, wrote the original Saw, which was directed by James Wan, 
Shout out to James Wan. I was just thinking about Malignant this week. Put a smile on my face. Oh, uh, yeah. I, maybe yeah. I'll watch that over the break. I, yeah. I, I've been in a malignant mood. Yeah, a little secret head. Um, and I, so I wanted to say um, th- these gentlemen did a great job. This My issue with this movie is not the film itself, but rather the ethics of one Mr. Jigsaw. Um, okay. Oh, so you don't agree with Jigsaw's message. You no, know, and I know this is going to come <laughs> as a shock to you. I don't agree with much of his ethos. I Politically, we are uh, on very different sides yeah. of many of these things. Um, and, of course, uh, Jigsaw is, uh, or John Kramer, his non-serial killer name is played by Tobin Bell. Great, absolutely chewing the lot. Like, he is giving everything. He's giving what you want to be given um, as a villain. I think I, I think he's just great. And uh, so let's begin again. Is if I when I complain through this entire uh, uh, summary, please know it's 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 about the character, not the film itself. Okay. <clears throat> hey, everybody! It's Hallie and Allison, and uh, we're here to tell you about uh, another another exciting installment of Ruined. It is, of course, our January live show, and we are doing a very special film that you perhaps seen advertised everywhere on the planet. It is the movie Night Swim. I'm so excited. You know me. I love a pool. Uh, so this has been, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, we got to do this. And we are on Sunday, January 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we're going to be doing it live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. You can get your tickets and view it at moment.co slash ruined. And of course, $20 Patreon tier members, you will get your tickets to the live show in your email, probably the day of. Um, $10 as always. And it's, uh, you know, we'll do the games. We'll do, uh, you know, the chat will be up and running. We'll have merch, maybe new merch. No promises. Um, we can't. We simply can't. We can only we promise s- you a, 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 a gorgeous January night swim. Yes. So join us then. And if you can't make it Sunday night, uh, it'll be up for 72 hours at that link. Again, that's moment.co slash ruined. See you there. Allison, we open on a glowing green light bulb flickering to life. No. Instead of a a killer POV, we're in the victim's POV. Oh, no. So we're waking up as the victim. Fun. Um, we hear a man's Fun. terrified panting as he started. We see him look around and you know what kind of room he's in. We're talking bare concrete mm-hmm, walls, mm-hmm. grime, mm-hmm. pipes. Grime. We got an air duct, a stinky TV, like a TV that you know if you touched it would be a little Filmy. sticky. Right, exactly. You get the idea. Yeah. So our victim reaches out his hand and we see that he is sitting in a chair. And there's a dentist mirror in front of him, which is always a bad sign. It's like also like Stuff at the dentist is scary without being in a disgusting room. As we've discussed, as yes. people, as as gals with um who've had a lot of work and will need a lot of work more, yeah. horrifying. Um, and to see a dentist mirror when you're not at the dentist, even worse. And we see him sort of tilt the mirror towards himself, and we see there is an apparatus around his neck, Allison, Mm-mm. and it's tethered to the wall. Oh, you hate to see an apparatus. No. This man's name is Michael Marks, and he is, of course, as we know, and we could assume, he is in one of Jigsaw's darn traps. Oh, that darn He's, Jigsaw. That darn Jigsaw. Uh, Michael is naked, except for his underwear and his chair, and one of his eyes is bleeding already. So he woke up with a bleeding eye. Oh, bleeding eye. You hate to see that. Let me now describe the apparatus to you. It is sort of a heavy metal collar attached to a mask, and sort of it looks like a face mask in front of him, full of spikes. And we see sort of a, uh, okay. it's sort of a uh, Iron Maiden, but just for the skull. Mm-hmm. So the front is full of spikes and the back has also has spikes. And we already see it's going to s- slam shut like a Venus flytrap, right? Yeah. 
Um, and uh, he Michael leaps out of his chair, trying to figure out, well, okay, what is what is Jigsaw up for this time? And the stinky little TV turns on, and of course, it's it's Jigsaw. It is the puppet. And he's up to his old shenanigans, Allison. Is he on a live feed or is this like a, a pre-recorded message? The implication is that it's pre-recorded. Okay. But also it's also the puppet talking. So it's not right. the actual man. So I'm like, I think we're supposed to think we are not exactly sure. I just always assume because we always cut to the VCR, cut to the DVD mm-hmm. player, that it's pre-recorded. Okay. Um, but he tells Michael, hello, hi, I want to play a game. It's like, well, that's what you do. That's what you love yeah, to do. That's what you do. Mean? Jigsaw lays out for us. Society would call you an informant, a rat, a snitch. I call you unworthy of the body you possess, of the life that you've been given. I'm going to stop you right there. That's I'm already rude. Done. It's like, you're a dumbass and you have no taste, okay? Yeah. You're going to come and tell this person, who I'm sure sucks, that he's unworthy. Look right. what you're doing you're with an your asshole. life. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. You got you made a puppet to terrorize some guy. <laughs> you made this mask, death mask. No. You're gonna tell him that he sucks. You suck. You suck, sir. And he he goes on, Michael. Uh, let's see if you're willing to look inward rather than outward to give up the one thing you rely on in order to go on living. His eyes. The mask around your neck is a death mask. Well, he put piece that together, Jigsaw. Got it. He said he's on, it's on a spring timer. If you do not find the key in time to unlock it, it will close. And boy, is this pickle a guy in a pickle now, Allison. You hate to hear it. Seems like it. We then, uh, Jigsaw then flashes a video of himself uh, performing surgery on Michael. And she, he tells him, since you won't have much time, I'll give you a hint. And we flashes an image, and we see it's an X-ray. So the key is hidden behind Michael's eye. No, no. So that's where we start. We start with eye. So business. he has to what? Like rip his eye out? He sure does, Allison. And I mean, uh, but like, don't your eyes kind of pop out, Allison? I that's the most uh, un-Allison thing I've ever heard you say. And <laughs> like, I think, don't like don't like like I feel like that's a. What thing. do you mean by just? <laughs> What is the word just doing in that sentence for you? When you say just like, pop out. Like, I mean, I think that, like, it happens with, le- like, that they can, like, come out with, like, a lot less, like, pain and blood than than you would expect. I oh, the, the ball, the eyeball could come out intact is what you're saying. Yes, yes, You yes. don't have to go through the eye. You can maybe right. go around Yeah, you could, like, okay. you could, like, pop it out and then dig around. <laughs> well, um, oh, if only this had been you, perhaps that had been the, the, the approach you would have taken, unfortunately— uh, when Michael hears Jigsaw's directive, live or die, make your choice, he, of course, freaks out, starts panicking, running around, and the tether that is tethering him in the wall pulls out of the wall, starting the timer. So now it's a timed eye removal. Um, would it, for, If he had just sat there? Ostensibly, he could have just sat there, but then how do you get out? Right? Right. But regardless, now he must play the game. Personally, I'm more of a charades gal, but... Um, a Pictionary would be mine. Michael opens up a metal toolbox in the room and finds a scalpel. And to his credit, he's like, all right, let's do this. But it, again, that's... I will say what I like about these movies is that it is agonizing because it is mm. played for realism, like those yes, moments. Yes, yes. Not like sort of the grandiose uh, serial killer thing, but 
you know, he's trying to slash his eye and as he puts the scalpel to it and cuts himself, he screams and he has to stop. Like, it's so painful. He keeps doing it and stopping, which is what you would do. Like, the yeah, idea that you could just right. do it and, like, get through it, that's so unlikely. No, you couldn't. So he's trying to cut himself, but he's screaming. It's bleeding. Allison, he can't do it in time. And as he screams, no, 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 no. The death mask slams shut, killing him. Saw two, baby. We're at it. We find ourselves with our main it's character. Tough open. Yeah. Excellent. That's how you open a fucking horror movie, if you ask me. Extra work. We find ourselves with Detective Eric Matthews, played by Donnie Wahlberg. In perhaps his finest role, the only role I think I've seen Donnie Wahlberg in. Oh, no, he was great in Sixth Sense, but you only see him for a minute. Um, He's at the police station picking up his teenage son, Daniel. Um, uh, There's obviously some animosity. We find out that Eric is divorced from Daniel's mother. We'll find out more about that later. And so they have what is, uh, what eventually we're going to find out Jigsaw's uh, invested in their father-son relationship. But it all seems kind of like normal, like angsty yeah. 17-year-old where he's just like, yeah. it took you long enough to pick me up. And then right. they go down the pier and Eric's like, oh, great. Your mother gets to keep custody and I get to go get you out of custody. Daniel was okay. caught stealing and he's not contrite about it. He's like, fuck you, dad. How dare you even talk to me? You're lucky you're in my life. So, of course, they get into a huge fight, but it's like a fight that I'm sure every divorced parent has had with their child who's upset in general and is acting out, right? Mm-hmm. Daniel says, you're a better cop than a father, and I just I want to go home to mom's early. I don't want to stay with you. And Eric flips out. He's like, then go! It's like, okay, well, you're just proving his point, right? It's like, he's provoking this reaction, but right. also then you don't have the ability to say, okay, no, you're trying to test me. Yes. You know, I know you want me to freak out. Unfortunately, he does. And so Daniel goes back to his mom's. The next day, Eric calls to apologize. He keeps calling. Daniel does not pick up his phone. Oh, no. He's like, hey, just come and call back. I just want to get in touch with you. We don't see him call the mom, which I don't understand. Like, even if you even if you hate each other, you'd call you her. You would just, yeah, it's your kid. Yeah. Like, you're, it's, okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, but I guess he finds out pretty soon. So Eric gets a call in from work, and he meets up at the warehouse uh, where we have just seen Michael uh, have his head crushed. He meets up with his fellow detective, Allison Carey, down at the, you know, the old abandoned factory factory where they're just making old abandoned factories, I yes. guess. Yes, of course. Uh, Carey walks him to the crime scene and says the asbestos workers found the body, and they called Eric down because she said, I'm pretty sure it's one of your old informants. And Eric's like, well, what do you mean? Like, just take a look at him. Let me look at his face. I'll take two seconds. And Carrie says, therein lies the problem. He doesn't have one anymore. Mm. However, when, when Matthew sees the body, he sees that there's a, um, a tattoo. He's like, that's him. And then he notices on the back, on Michael's back, as he's just wearing his underwear, there is a puzzle piece carved out of his skin. He looks at Carrie and Carrie says, yeah, it's fucking Jigsaw again. It's like this guy. Right, it's like, oh, and she's like, Are okay. we to believe that, like, in between the end of the first movie and this death, have there been other jigsaw things going on? I think so. I think okay. we're to believe, like, that it, this is an active serial killer that people know about. Um, sort of, I suppose, in a Ted Bundy sort of way, where, like, they know that something's happening, they know he's out there, but they don't know enough information to catch him. So, um... This is uh, maybe Jigsaw's next big project, mm-hmm. but I think he, they know that he is still out and about, and this, this was going to happen at some point. Like, they were going to find somebody. Um, and so Carrie says, like, do you know anyone who would want to kill him or have motivation to kill him? And he's like, well, he was a jailhouse informant, so, yeah, dozens of people. Yeah. And Carrie's like, okay, but most 
people, no, like most like people in prison don't have an engineering degree to make something like this. So mm-hmm. why did he pick this guy? And she says, she says, look closer, Detective Matthews. He's kind of confused. Says, and what? And she says, whoever wrote that? And they point to the ceiling and written on the ceiling by Jigsaw, ostensibly, it says, look closer, Detective Matthews. Back at the station, they immediately start fighting. Oy. Was it written like, just in marker or was it like in I shit got, or something? <laughs> it was bright red. Okay. So for, for a second, I'm like, oh, it's blood, but it just looks like paint. It's like a marker. Okay. Yeah. Matthews is mad at Carrie for sort of setting him up. Like, why not just tell me about that is Jigsaw on the ceiling thing? And she right. said, look, I'm not the one taunting you. I didn't write your name up there. Don't be mad at me, you know? And Matthew says, I'm not going to be dragged into this. I have my own fucked up life. I have an insane number of case files. My son hates me and I can't even call me back. My ex-wife is taking all my money and we're not partners anymore. So I'm not, I'm not obligated to work on your okay. cases, right? So, so again, with this. old partners, exactly. And Carrie's like, well, forget bringing you into the case. It had your fucking name. What am I going to not bring you into it? Like, right. what are you talking about? You're already into it. Yeah. You're in, baby. Yeah. And he says, no, you're the jigsaw expert. So ostensibly, Carrie was working on the, as already knows enough about jigsaw. And Carrie's like, when did you stop being a cop? So there's a lot of cop talk that I, and within a horror movie kind of takes me out of it, yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I want raw terror. Yeah, you know? I don't want a procedural. Yeah. Um, that night, Matthew wakes up and sort of is having a nightmare and a revelation. And he's seeing all these different pieces put together. He is a great cop, Allison, you know. Good and for he realizes him. the uh, warehouse is down at Wilson Steel. Uh, so the next day, Carrie, Matthews, and a SWAT team gear up and go to the warehouse to try to, is Jigsaw, is he still there? Is his stuff mm-hmm. there? Can we find any clues? Uh, of course, as soon as they walk in, they walk immediately into a trap. Yeah, well. Um, you gotta. That's so, his style. So basically, they have to open up this sort of cage over a set of stairs to go up. As soon as they start open the cage and start walking up, uh, one of them uh, steps through a trip wire. Mm. that uh, brings Jigsaw, the puppet, wheeling out. It also causes the step underneath him to drop away and a metal step to slam into his shins, shattering his legs. And then when the other SWAT members sort of swarm or like try to respond, they touch the cage and the cage is electrified. So then all of them start getting electrocuted. This is like 30 seconds after getting on the scene is a bunch of SWAT team members getting electrocuted. He is efficient. Um, the only one who is still standing calls, says, you send in more people. So the second wave of SWAT send people in run people. in. More SWAT members, I guess. So they run in, and Allison, they have found Jigsaw's lab. Which, of course, is full of the funniest amalgamation of, like, <laughs> mannequin legs, yeah. welding equipment, like a big pig fetus. You know, he, should, he just, uh, yeah. he likes to dibble Loose and dabble. teeth, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, just all kinds of shit. He's a Jackson Pollock of murder. Allison, they rush up to a seated man. There's sort of a a desk area and then a a separate office that's sort of cordoned off by chain link fence, which obviously they just designed so they could use the same space, but it does look cool. They did a good job with set design. Because I'm like, I "I buy it. This is what a serial killer's lair looks like. Yeah. They rush up to the man. You don't have like a sprawling six-bedroom home. Like, it's this. Right, yeah. It's it's an abandoned (laughs) warehouse full of- Random shit. (laughs) Yeah, human brains. Allison, the man they find is none other than Jigsaw himself, John Kramer. So I'm going to refer to John Kramer when we were talking to him. And then where the sort of the separate area we're going to find ourselves, I'm going to refer to as like Jigsaw's house or Jigsaw's lab. So when we're talking to John Kramer, I'm just going to use his human name. Okay. He looks like absolute shit. And that is because, because as we realized in the first movie, he has terminal brain cancer. 
Which is why, Allison, if you recall the logic for the first movie, he's trying to get people to enjoy their lives. I'm already so mad. I hate yeah, this. I hate, like, this, this ain't it. Like, this is not the path. This is grow not how you do that. Up. Also, like, up, enjoy your life. Well, this thing, and, and we find out, it's like, oh, I, I, you know, this is my rationale. I have to get people to enjoy it. It's like, you're dying. Call your son. Like, make a new, fr- go to the library, read a book. Like, go outside. Paint a painting. But instead of this, right? And he's so self-righteous. But Matthew's you know, runs up to John Kramer and says, am I close enough for you now? Get him out of here. But of course, this is all part of Jigsaw's plan. John Kramer says to him, well, no, I have to stay here until you solve your problem, detective. The problem in that room. Of course, Matthews, Carrie, and some of the SWAT members run over to this area, which is sort of an office, I guess his office space uh, within this room. and <laughs> That's where all the administrative stuff work happens. Basically, and we see it's just a... Um, a uh, fabric draped over a shape. Of course, the sec- for a moment, we're supposed to think it's a body. They pull the fabric away. It's a bunch of different monitors. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Allison, the monitors are uh, focused on a house, and in one of the rooms is eight people who are waking up out of unconsciousness, and one of them, of course, is Matthew's son, Daniel. Oh, yeah. Well, could have so, seen that coming. Exactly. So Matthew, of course, freaks Which, over, great. freaks out, and starts screaming at John Kramer, but he tells him, look, you're not going to scream your way out of this. You have, They have two hours until the nerve gas, which is being slowly released into the house, enters your son's body and kills him. And everyone in there, unless they get out within two hours, will have blood gushing from every orifice. He Ooh. says, oh, yes, there will be blood. Name checking the movie, I guess. Probably his favorite movie. He just wished there had been more blood. Yeah, that's his like, only not problem. enough blood. And Matthew says... Matthew's demand is like, so where, where is he? Where, like, what's happening? John Kramer says, he's in a safe place. We have seen it's, it's 7.30. Allison, they have two hours. They have two hours to find these people and get them out of this house, which is yeah. slowly filling with poison gas, right? It's tough. Matthews runs back over to the monitors and demands uh, Carrie give him his phone to try Daniel's phone again. When he calls Daniel's phone... The outgoing message is Jigsaw. Oh, come on, and Jigsaw. I was like, that's just mean. That's you already unfair. Him. That's yeah. unfair. Meanwhile, in the room, we see Daniel huddled, you know, with all the other victims as they start trying the door, trying the windows. Of course, he's. this is a complete lockdown prison of a house. Like, the, yeah. uh, Jigsaw's out of everything. Um, but it's one guy, Gus, freaks out. He's like, I read this thing about a war reporter who got imprisoned, and they and they put him in a room, and he was there for nine years. We don't know what the, the, whoever, whatever psycho t- put us here. We don't know what his plans are. We also hear a ticking outside the door. That's not great. Suddenly, Allison, a woman who's been laying face on the floor, sits up gasping. She's in sort of hospital jammies and has wrist bandages. It is Amanda, who is from the first Saw movie, she is the only person to survive one of right. Jigsaw's games. Was that the bear trap thing? There was something. I uh, was yeah. Thing. So it was. It was a. It was a. You're right. It was a, a reverse bear trap. Essentially, it was a bear trap over her head. Um, he, she was being punished because she was a drug addict, right? Cool. Which is that's another thing is like uh, Jigsaw has very um, regressive, um, yes. reactionary yes. views on drug use and drug mm-hmm. addiction. What it is that I disagree with, and also I think I, most doctors would disagree with. Yeah, no, we we are not 
on Jigsaw's side of— Right, again, we just want to reiterate. Yeah, we, we don't support not. him. We don't agree with his politics <laughs> or his out- outlook on the world. Absolutely. Um, however, a man having done this before immediately wakes up and says, where, where am I? Uh, another man, Jonas, uh, who's in the room, says, well, it's a room. We all just woke up here. And Amanda goes, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, she knows. she's no idiot. Yeah, she sees all that disgusting stuff around, and she's like, oh, yeah. I know, wh- I know where I am. Oh, I see a little stinky broken chair. I see Yucky. a little wet mirror. I know mm, where the fuck I am. Everything's kind of yellow. But because she's no slouch, she immediately springs into action, and she just starts looking for things. She goes to escape okay. room because you have to. You know what I mean? Right. So she's, like, taking pictures over the wall. Like, you know, there's, like, she yeah. runs over to the freestanding safe in the middle of the room, So, uh, which is a, a feature of the room uh, that's mm. important to know about. A huge freestanding safe. She, of course, tries it. It's locked. Cannot open it. Mm. Eventually, she just starts pawing the walls and gets to the fireplace, which is then bricked up. She there starts pulling the bricks out of the fireplace, and behind them, a recorder. Of course, she hits play. The instrument. Allison. No. <laughs> yes, she plays um, that song from Hot Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. Um, no, unfortunately, it's not. It's uh, a recording of Jigsaw telling them sort of how this is all going to work, and he says, "You have two hours to live, and after that, in three hours, the door will automatically open." But basically, you have to survive two hours. You've been breathing in nerve gas already. The only way to uh, the only way to survive this and walk out the door is to find the antidote, which I've hidden around the house. So there are syringes full of antidote to this poison gas. Oh, okay. One of them is in the safe in this very room. Okay. You all, but that's become, not the only one. That's not the only one. Mm, okay. Unfortunately, Allison, all of them are extremely difficult to get to. Yeah. If you can imagine. Well, and a lot of them involve, I don't know, playing weird games. Oh, no. He tells them, you all have the numbers to the combination with you in the back of your mind. And the clue to their order of their nomination can be found over the rainbow. Once you realize what you have in common, you'll have a better understanding of why you're here. X marks a spot for that clue. Let the game begin. This they all asshole. freak out. He stinks. I hate Jigsaw. I'll say it. Cancel me. Please. So they all freak out, and uh, by all I mean, we have Amanda, who played it before, Jonas, who sort of is our level-headed, trying to pull people together and work together, Daniel, Eric Matthews' son, who is a teenager and panicking, and then uh, five others, Xavier, Addison, Abby, Gus, and Laura. Okay. And they're all have, they don't know each other. They have no idea what their connection is. Xavier sees a note that also fell out of the fireplace. And with the note, it says, Don't, do not attempt to use this key on the door to this room. Allison, he and Gus immediately run over to the door. Yeah, I would, I would, I would heed the rules. I think you got it. And that's what, that's what Amanda's sort of the voice of reason. Like, do not do it. If the note simply says, don't do it, he's right. testing us, right? Yes. Don't do it. I would listen to her every step of the way. Right. And Xavier says, this guy's fucking with us. This is a joke and I'm about to end it. As Xavier puts the key in the door and turns it right as Gus puts his eyes to the peephole, of course, when Xavier turns the key, the, the key turns the trigger on a gun and it shoots Gus through the back, through the eyeball and the back of his head explodes, killing him. Allison, at this point, I got to ask you, <sighs> what would you do? What would you do? Okay, as someone who famously hates activities, mm-hmm. I would, I'd be like, Amanda, you are in charge. Yep. 
Um, we will all do what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely then just start looking everywhere I possibly could for the antidotes around the house. Um, I think that's all you can do, right? That is all you can do. That is all you can do. Um, so it's one down, seven to go, right, Allison? So um, Jonas freaks out, grabs Amanda, and is like, how did you know about this? What do you know? And she explains, gives us a backstory that she yeah. survived last time. And while another woman in there, Addison, goes, bitch, it's obviously Jigsaw. Do you not read the news? Yeah, I was about to ask, like, would people, would, like, people who live in this area know about Jigsaw? I think the idea is that yes. But maybe you are, I think maybe Jonas was just so flummoxed, but that yeah. he didn't think of it. But yes, the idea is that Jigsaw is a known serial killer. Everyone knows what he does. And uh, basically, Allison's like, this guy's trying to kill us. And Amanda screams, no, he's not. He's testing us. He wants us to survive this. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you simping for Jigsaw? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Like, you don't have to defend him. Right. Um, of course, she then says, you know, I've played before. That's how I know this. Meanwhile, back in John Kramer's lair, Matt, uh, Eric Matthews is watching this feed, freaking out, right? Uh, yeah. um, we also have the SWAT team cap- captain, Officer Rig. And he's very much like, let's take John Kramer in or let's kick his ass or like, let's do something, right? right. I, I'm not comfortable. I'm a SWAT team guy. I, I want to do, be doing something. Action. Yeah. Um, but of course, Carrie's like, no, this is what he wants. We have to figure out how to destabilize him. Not We can't just kick his ass. That's not going to work. He's not going to tell us where they are, right? Right. But in the meantime, we're calling the tech team in to, to trace where the feed's coming from. So mm-hmm. it, it, even if it's something somewhere we can't get to, we'll at least be able to start from there. But the tech people have to come there to do it. So yeah. uh, in the meantime, Matthews comes over to John Kramer's like, okay, so obviously this is about me because you put my name on the fucking ceiling. Right. Uh, so what do you want? And uh, Eric, uh, John Kramer says, I want a little of your time alone. And I want all the other officers to go. They don't have to leave the building, but they have to go stand somewhere else. And Matthew says, I will do that, but if I never see my son again, I will rip your head off. And Jigsaw, this is always his, like, trump card. Like, well, I'm dying of cancer. You literally would be putting out of my misery. It's, like, also, like, bad stuff is happening to people all over the world. Jigsaw, you are not alone in suffering. Like, you are not special because, like, you are unfortunately ill. Like, it's also just, like, this is not how gratitude and appreciation works. Like, they, I'm going to terrorize people so they appreciate their life. Yeah. It's like, most most people, and I would say everyone in this movie, it, their lives, they don't not appreciate their life for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, right. life is complicated. You're allowed to have complicated feelings about it that just some guy doesn't like how you're reacting to your life. But Officer Ray, to his credit, was like, fuck that. Do not give him anything. We are not leaving. Don't even talk to him. We're, we're not negotiating with him. But Carrie says, no, like, give us a minute. We'll put it together. And, but, you know, we have to figure this out. And Riggs like, look, you just don't understand because you don't have a family. I have a family. I understand what Matthew's going through. Okay, we have to do something. I was like, oh, that's incredibly mean. I, I, one of my biggest things is like that you can't understand anything about oh. the world unless you have a family. Well, it's like, well, I, I could certainly sympathize. And then, okay. Carrie goes over to Matthews and we find out, like, why are they not partners anymore? What was this animosity? And she says to him, you lost your son the first time because of me. It's not going to happen again. Okay. Lost as in there was another son. Well, see, I took that to mean that she broke up his marriage and then, like, that's why his wife has custody. Oh, I thought it was, like, 
she is why his other son died, which I don't know why no, there would be another son. No, I love son. that. But yeah. no, as far as okay. we know, that's his, this is his only son, and the rift was caused by this divorce. Copy that. It, I think the problem with it is that this movie treats, like, divorce and addiction like the same as serial killing. It's like, the, everything is, like, um, morally flat, so then it's right. kind of There's like— just good and bad and yes, pretty yeah. much anything that's not right. perfect Which is, is bad. <laughs> And also when I heard that, I'm like, okay, so Carrie is going to have to sacrifice herself. Like, We're setting yeah. up some sort of like high tension thing, right? Yeah. Um, Allison, we see the clock. They have 90 minutes down from two hours. Meanwhile, back in the Jigsaw house, everyone's doing the right thing. They're tearing the place apart. We're looking yeah, all over all for clues. that's all you can do. Right. Um, and then stepping over Gus's dead body. Like they're kind of don't want to see him, like kind of throw like a little uh, jacket over him. Jonas plays the tape again to try, try to see, like, is there anything, cl- any other yeah. clue? The door opens, ostensibly for all of them to go search the rest of the house, right? Xavier is immediately a huge asshole, and he's, like, a huge guy. He finds a baseball bat with nails in it and basically says, hey, just so you know, don't fuck you guys. I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to be dragged down by you. I'm surviving this. His immediate response is, I, my, my survival re- basically requires me to not give a fuck whether you live or die. Meanwhile, okay. Jonas is like, we have to clearly work together. This is right. He we said need we each have other. To. Exactly. We have something in common, and we're already down a guy to help us figure that out. Exactly. Addison finds a flashlight, so not only do they have a flashlight, people are already starting to feel the effects of the gas. We see Addison is wheezing. Laura, you know, starts to feel queasy. All of them are, are sort of coughing and. And starting to gag. Well, I was going to guess that, like, there is actually not gas, and they end up all dying, like, and it's like, oh, they're at, if you had just waited, technic- like, you would have actually mm. escaped, but now I guess that that's getting debunked. Yes. Um, hard debunking. There is apparently gas, and they arrive at the front door, which has a big fat, it says exit on it across double doors, and they are like, Xavier, you obviously shouldn't use the key on the fucking door like right. he said not to. And he, you know, he tries, and of course it doesn't work. He throws it on the ground, and Jonas picks up the key and puts it in his pocket. So at least we know Jonas has the key. Okay. Um, back in Jigsaw's lair, everyone clears out of the room um, where, Jigs- where John Kramer is talking to, uh, to Matthews. No. Nope. Um, Matthews says to him, you know, okay, so you're Jigsaw, you're the serial killer. Jigsaw stops him and says, I didn't name myself Jigsaw. The press did. I carved a puzzle piece out of their skin because each of them are missing the most important thing about being alive, the survival instinct. Fuck off. Fuck off. off. Also, like— Fuck off. Like, no. You can't— Like, sorry. No. No. I didn't name myself that. I just carved jigsaw pieces out of people. Right. And then the press really ran with it. Like, what are you— what a Also, is he assembling, like, a giant skin puzzle somewhere? I wish. No. It's all about—it's about moral lessons. Luckily, Matthews, to his credit, just sticks to like, bitch, tell me where my son is. Tell me where my son is. I've had this conversation with a million murderers. You think I haven't sat across from a maniac like you before? Right. So um, John Kramer starts teasing Matthews. Like, five years ago, you were quite the police officer. Do you feel safer behind the desk? You know, what's happened in your career? And Matthews says, you know, you sure know a lot about me. um, So maybe we could sort of uh, use that to find my son. And John Kramer offers him an empty cup and basically says, can you give me a glass of water? And he's obviously just going to be toying with him the entire time. Right. Um, Back in the jigsaw house, Xavier starts beating down the front door and smashes it through, only to find, of course, there's a metal door on the other side. Yeah, of course. We're not just, like, in a house that you could leave. Yeah. Um, They all start yelling at each other. They're screaming. Uh, Both Addison and Xavier start coughing harder and harder. 
Jonas sees that Xavier has a prison tattoo and says, wait a minute, you've been to prison, I've been to prison. Has anyone else been? Addison has as well. So he's like, okay, is that the connecting thread? We've all been to prison. Are we all being punished for that? You know, is that, we're all criminals? And now, but before they can get to answering that, Laura pushes on part of the wall and a door pops out. Allison, this is a lightless, windowless corridor down into the bowels of the house. <sighs> And they're I mean, going, baby. They don't have I mean, any other options. I mean, you gotta. You gotta. I'd be like, you guys go, and I'll keep looking up here. So they go downstairs, and they find a corpse with a mask and a letter stabbed into its chest addressed to one of them, which is Abby. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And they find a, inside of a tape, and they use the same recorder as uh, from the first floor. They play the message from Jigsaw to Abby. Turns out, Abby was his henchman who helped him kidnap everybody else. Oh, and on the recording, Jigsaw says, there are two antidotes, two syringes of antidotes in this industrial-sized oven. Oh, There's no. one for you and one to give away. And that is payment for helping me kidnap everybody is that you have a chance to survive. He tells them, you burned everyone with your cons and your lies. But remember, when you're in hell, only the devil can get you out. Laura has the memory of like being kidnapped from her car and realizes, oh, it was him. Mm-hmm. So of course everyone turns on him and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, you don't understand. He, he had control of me. You don't understand. I had to do it. Addison starts coughing up blood. That's how bad the Oy, gas is. So right? that's, uh, that's real. Yeah, so everyone is coughing up blood a lot from here on out. And they say to him, hey, you're going to go get in that oven if there are syringes in there. Um, is it on? Or we're, we'll fucking kill you. The oven is not on. Allison, he has to climb into an industrial oven. But he finds a syringe, and then he goes to reach and grab for the other one. And, of course, it's attached to a chain that, when you pull it, locks the oven door and turns on the burners. Oh, my God. And of we course. see that there is a nozzle that has a devil painted next to it that says twist. And I think is like if he had the wherewithal, if he wanted to survive enough, he would reach across the fire and turn it off. But he's terrified because he's trapped in an oven with fire, so he scoots to the back of the oven. Oof. Fortunately, the back of the oven, the door has a little window, which Daniel notes. So they start smashing it in. But basically, they're just, it's just logistically difficult. Like, the, the doors right. of the oven are too hot to touch. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's coughing up blood. It's just, it, it's an impossible situation. Jigsaw, Mean, you're a jackass. He's an asshole. Meanwhile, John Kramer, we cut back. John Kramer's telling Matthew, he's like, the human race doesn't have the will to survive. Matthew says, tell me where my fucking son is. John Kramer says, what's the cure for cancer? And Matthew says, what? I know it's not torturing and murdering people. And then Jigsaw has the fucking stones to say, I've never murdered anyone in my life. The decisions are up to them. No, it's not. Jigsaw is a libertarian. I could tell you that much. Yeah, for sure. Um, And he says, why are you so desperate to get your son back? Bitch, kill yourself. What What are you talking about? I want Jigsaw to die. And he says, well, what's the last thing you said to him? Of course, the last thing he said to him was a fight. But it was, like, not even that bad of a fight. Like, I'm sorry. He's like, also yes. a teenage boy. Like, that's the whole thing. Also, he then apologized on voice message, a voicemail, which is actually, a, a parents should apologize if they fly off the handle. Yes. And he's like, why are we only willing to act when life is at stake? It's like, he was acting. He's trying to have a relationship with his son. Like, they did not set up the stakes in a way for this to make sense to me. I was like, he did call him. He yeah, does care. I don't, that doesn't so he, work for me. So they had one fight, so, yeah. Matthew says, You can still fix this, John. Yeah, but can we fix you? Excuse me? Eat shit and die. 
Yeah. He says, uh, John Kramer says, it wasn't my cancer that started my work. It was the decision to end my life. So he gets diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. He tries to drive off a cliff. He survives. He has like a giant piece of metal in his torso. But he says, I survived and I promised myself to spend the rest of my days testing the fabric of humanity. You're like, that's not for you. And he says, those who do not appreciate life do not deserve to live it. To which Matthew says, which I think is the better, larger point, my son appreciated right. his life. You could say this to me if I was in that room. You took my son. You you should be having this conversation with him. Like, you're t- telling me you took my child. Like, this is not a conversation that I could even respond for him if I yeah. wanted to. What do you mean? And, it, again, that's so sloppy. That's sloppy right. It's not like he took him. It, yes, ma'am. Exactly. It's like, oh, I took your underage son to punish you for having a fight with him. But of course we find out it's larger than that. But even when we find out what it is, I'm not compelled by it. Eventually Matthew storms off. He discombobulated. And John calls, says, don't forget the rules if you want your son. Um, Back in the house, Daniel is trying to help and talk to Laura, who is passing out, both from terror and the yeah, gas. Yeah, there's a lot kind of, of pressure. And so he, she lets him help her uh, you know, and she's like, this can't be it. We can't die here. And he says, finally makes it the thing that you said, which is, okay, Amanda's been through it. We're going to go fucking talk to Amanda. Yes. I'm going to work with you to survive this. This is a survivor, bitch. And he says, well, why do you think that um, Jigsaw picked you, you know? And she says, because I was a fucking junkie. And we see her shooting up. And I, and I said, I'm a stupid person. Right, because it's like, like, that's it's like, not. Oh, yeah. You're a heroin addict, and so now a serial killer gets to punish you because you don't appreciate life. That's not what no, drug addiction it's a, is. Yeah, it's it's so infuriating. Where it's like, it, but it is funny. It also interesting to have a serial killer that's just dumb. Because I, I feel like we make like, a lot of serial killers. Where it's like, do you ever think of that? It's like, well, I read a fucking book about yeah. addiction, asshole. Like, grow up. <laughs> um, but she says, I passed the test. But then afterwards, I kind of backslid. I, I, and we see her. She's self harming. Mm. And she's like, and, and using again. And Daniel says, well, I thought you said that you, you got clean after your first experience. And she says, well, I uh, got arrested for possession, though I didn't actually commit the crime. And she says, you should um, ask about the cop who arrested me. Oh. Uh, meanwhile, Jonas interrupts them to say they found a door without a lock upstairs. Everyone's coughing up blood by now, right? And we see the timer. We are at 54 minutes. Um. We, they try to push the door open, and Amanda says, if the door's stuck, it's a trap inside. Right, right? yeah, like, don't, don't do like, it. push on it more. But, of course, Xavier, who we've already, already established, is out for himself, doesn't give a fuck, forces it open anyways. Guess what? There's another mechanism right inside. We hear something sort of unfurl, and we see there's a steel door in the room on the other side of the room. And, and unfortunately, when the tether is pulled by the unfurling, a three-minute timer starts. Oh, no. And we also see the vents start to blow harder. So now the gas is filling the room, right? And, the, and I guess in the home in general. It is a tape now for Xavier that they find in the room. And Jonas puts in the quarter, plays it for Xavier. Allison, of course, he's a drug dealer. Sure. John Craven, there, there are, like, to me, it's like, if you, they kill other serial killers. Right, like, like do, there's people um, who, like, Physically abuse people, who sexually abuse people, who kill people, who kill animals, yeah. who destroy, like... Serial rapists. He hates drug dealers and drug users in a way that's so outsized compared to everything so else. He's, he's obsessed. He's, I'm going to say he, he's not smart. 
So, um, you know, but Xavier is a piece of shit. And Sam is like, you did all these horrible things. You are uncaring, unfeeling. And, uh, but you're going to feel something now because there is a key to that door. And if you open that door, you are allowed to leave and you'll be totally fine. Can you find where it is? And they search around. Allison, they move the bed in the room. There is a pit of hypodermic needles. That's about, I would say like five feet uh, deep filled with needles. And of course, Jigsaw says, there's a key in the room. You can find it, but it'll be like finding a needle in a haystack. <laughs> you're not allowed no. to laugh. No. Okay. You can't pretend that you're doing this for highfalutin reasons and then laugh at your own horrible jokes. Even though that's what I do every time well, we record. Well, you know what? We're allowed. Oh, come on. we're not ruining people's lives and killing them. I don't even have that many hypodermic no. needles. I, I would have to build no. a pit. I don't have time for that. Um, unfortunately, Xavier, who does deserve to die for what he's about to do, picks up Amanda, because she's a junkie, I guess, and throws her in the pit to find it. So literally throws Amanda on top of hypodermic needles, which we, of course he gets stabbed all over her body. She's screaming horrifically. They're, you're stuck in her flesh, in her hands. Oh, my God. But she starts, like, like as she's screaming, she does start to look through them in a panicked, like, frenzied way. Yeah. Allison, she fucking finds it. Wow. And she throws this woman, it out of the pit. I know. She should get to kill Jigsaw. I completely agree. Like, and also it's like, yeah, like, so that, that to me is like, you, should, you shouldn't have to, she survived that test. It wasn't even her test. Right. You should get to leave right then. There right. should be a trap door that opens yes, you get to go. she goal. should automatically be free and yes. she should also get to kill Jigsaw. Xavier grabs the key, goes to turn in the door. Allison, they've just run out of time and the door is locked. So Xavier takes if it I out were of Amanda. Amanda. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be pissed as shit. <laughs> I'd be taking the flashlight. We, they do find a knife at one point. Uh, we see that earlier we saw the baseball bat with nails in it. I'd be taking whatever weapon we had, going nuts on this guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, she's lying on the ground while Daniel helps pull the needles out of her body, which is rank and disgusting. Oof. Xavier comes to like attack Amanda and blame her. It was like, you basically didn't do it in enough time. It's like, what are you talking I about? I didn't see anybody else jumping into the needle pit. Yeah. Both Jonas had said it earlier, and now Addison is saying, like, we have to work it together. We had to figure out the common thread. We have to work together. That's obviously the point of this, right? Laura then steps forward and says, I also was in jail. But she doesn't say what for. She's like, it doesn't matter. I was in jail. And Daniel says, I've never been, like, I've never been to jail. But, you know, but he does not say who his father is. He doesn't say he was just brought in. And you just got to give everyone all the information. Yeah. And I mean, you might think, like, well, I haven't been to jail. It's like, okay, but... Come well, on. My dad you is just a cop. arrested. Um, yeah. Like, that's relevant. Allison, they have 30 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. We see Matthew's talking to Carrie and Rig. And Carrie's plan is, look, Jigsaw clearly cares about his legacy, so let's threaten that. The, this place is full of his blueprints, his mm-hmm. plans, his dreams. I want you to go and start destroying them. Basically, like, ripping up his blueprints in front of him. Yeah. So Matthews comes over and starts ripping up all of his plans, which is very funny because they're like hand-drawn, like insane little like devices. <laughs> Just like something you doodle. It's like, like oh, an inventor. What? what if I had like an app or what, uh, my apparatus journal, you know, instead of a dream <laughs> journal. And of course, John Kramer says, go ahead. It's not going to save your son. Why don't you just kill me already? And Matthew says, of course, I'm not going to do that. He says, are you sure you're not that kind of person? You're sure you're not the kind of person who would, I don't know, shoot an unarmed witness? fabricate evidence, betray his wife, and, well, whose son hates him? You sure you aren't that kind of person? Yeah, why is the son part of it if those are things that, like, 
Ours are not to I reason why. Methods. Listen, there's method to his madness, but there's also madness to his method. You know, that's the Absolutely. exchange. That's true. Um, finally, the tech team arrives, and just as they do, John Kramer says, there's a file in the desk over there. Go ahead and take a look at it. And of course, Detective Carey goes over and opens it, and John Kramer says, there's a file on everyone who is in that room except for your son. They are all your arrests, Matthews. And you yeah. planted evidence in every single case. Oh, my God. Just kill him. What are we doing with these other people? She says, you may not remember them, but I bet they'll remember you. Your son is playing a game with a bunch of people who fucking hate your guts. And boy, it would be a shame if they discovered who he was. Allison, who will survive already? Ooh. Who will survive? Detective Eric Matthews and his son, Daniel. I think that Matthews will end up dying, but his son will survive. Okay, great. And I think his partner, Carrie, she will die. Okay, great. And who's left in the house? We've got mo- most people, so we've got, I'm just going to list them yeah. out. we got Jonas, Xavier, Addison, Laura, and we already said Daniel. Because Obi is dead. Is Amanda dead? Amanda is still alive. So we also have Amanda. I think Amanda's going to survive. I think Xavier's going to die. And I think the person who we, like, don't know what they were arrested for will die. Okay, great. Or will we'll survive. I'm sorry. We'll survive. Okay, great. Um, but the others, I think, maybe. Stands to reason. Stands to reason. It's a third act. We're going to need to see a body count. We need some bodies. Allison. Everyone... Is of course gagging on the gas. Um, they're gagging on the gas wherever they go. As more and more <laughs> pours out of the air ducts, Xavier goes back to the first room with the safe and of course tries to open it again. He is simply too weak to really start. And we see the effect of everyone's kind of staggering in. You know, mm-hmm. Allison. He goes to look at Gus's body and he he's sort of going to throw a jacket over so he doesn't have to look at Gus, who again had his um, brain brains blowed out. Allison. On the back of Gus's neck, he sees a number. He realizes, as uh, Jigsaw said, the numbers are in the back of your mind. Literally, mm. so painfully literal. Okay. Yeah, he's not, he's not as creative as he thinks he no. is. And the combination, well, you can find out, find it over the rainbow. And what we realize is that everyone has a number in a different color on the back of their neck. Oh, a, a, a little bit of a stretch, a little sweaty, if you ask me. Yeah, that's a little sweaty. But Jonas stumbles in. He's also vomiting and says, what are you doing? And Xavier replies, so I did think it was like an interesting character. He's like the only interesting character to me where he goes, I haven't decided yet. I wanted him to be more conniving and less maniacal, less like completely mm-hmm. insane, like at an 11 from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, Jonas says again, we can work together on this. But Xavier says, no, I found what I was looking for. Jonas tries to argue. is like, I used to be like you. It landed me in prison. Everyone was my enemy. The thing is, I have to survive this because I have actual enemies outside these walls. And if I'm not there, they're going to go after my family. I have to get out of here. And Xavier says, oh, I don't know what that's like. I don't have a family. I just have me. But I like it. So turn around. And we see Xavier grab the knife. And he's going to cut up Jonas, cut the number off his neck. Why? Xavier goes to you don't an, need he goes the to a skin. 15. 
there's no reason for Marin out for any of this to happen, which is so crazy. It's like, it's just because he's supposed to be such a bad dude. Because right. they could all take turns looking at each other's number and then place it ostensibly in the order of the rainbow. Roy G. Ben. Right. Right. You just look. Like, you don't need... I know. But I guess this proves, Jigsaw's point, that some people are just evil. And that's a very I mean, sophisticated way to look at the world, I think. I, very insightful yeah. and helpful way. Some people are good mm. and some people are bad. I think that's actually mm. helpful. And it's very clear who is who. Absolutely. And it's good to see how that very clear thing has played out over the course of human history. I think we could all agree on that. Absolutely. It's always been so black and white and no one's ever yeah. punished wrongly. Xavier just attacks Jonas and then he and Jonas starts brawling. And Xavier falls face first into the corner of the safe, which was to me the most like painful looking moment in the movie. Well, that's also like, you can trip at home and hit your coffee table like that. Yeah. And it like, that's a real Oof. experience. Um, unfortunately for Jonas, Xavier grabs the baseball bat we saw earlier with the nails in it and smashes it into the back of Jonas's head, which I thought was the most insane thing to do. It's like, what if you smash the number? Hit him right. in the front of the head if you're going to hit him. But luckily, he smashes him, and he sees a, he has a 16 in the back of his head. And from Gus, that's 16 and 2. Now Xavier's going to go find the number on everyone's neck. And unfortunately, he's really, he has very bad ideas about how to go about doing it, basically. I, like, again, just work together and figure it out. Yes. It, <sighs> um, unfortunately, uh, there are four other people who don't know this is going on. We have Addison, Laura. Laura is the worst for wear. She looks horrible. She can barely stand. Daniel's helping her walk down the hallway. And Amanda. We see Laura eventually collapses. She's starting to seize. But when she hits the ground, she looks up and she says something from the initial recording. X marks the spot. And they all look. And it's mm. a picture frame on the wall, but there's a broken glass X. So, not again, not an X you would necessarily notice every time. But she's right. It's yes. an X. Addison grabs it. And behind the photo is a picture of Daniel with his father. Detective Eric Matthews, who everyone else immediately recognizes as the dirty cop who had them convicted. Now, all of them, like, had crimes, like, in their past, but specifically, and there are cops like this historically, like, this is not, yeah. you know, say we will, but cops, like, whatever. This is this happens all the time, where he is yep. like, oh, these people are bad, so instead of, like, doing detective work, I'm just going to lie and send them I'm just going to lie based just on how so I that think they can get it. punished and I can yeah. check this off my list. And, ugh, God. Addison then says, I can't trust any of you, so now I'm splitting off. So we have, now we're down to Laura, Amanda, and Daniel working together. Okay. Allison, Laura seizes and dies because of the gas. We never find out what she went to prison for. We don't know why she was more susceptible, but she is dead, leaving us with an Amanda and Daniel. Who, again, if you're good, if you're Daniel, Amanda's the one you want to be with. 100%. And Amanda says, wow, I, at least we know what we have in common. And Daniel's like, I didn't know. And I think it's like fundamentally, he didn't do these things. This isn't like Eric Matthews himself right. is there. Right. He's like, I didn't know any of this. Right, he's a... Kid, when most of these people were having evidence planted on, like, yeah, he was like a baby. <laughs> exactly. That's a great point. He was a literal child. There's no way they like a baby, know. or like maybe not even born yet for some of them. Um, unfortunately, we, they hear Xavier, who has knife in hand, calling for them, saying, "Hey guys, I I I found a way out. You should come down, come down here and and, and and find it with me." But of course, luckily, he's. So insane, it has been so insane that they know, okay, well, he's up to something. He's not going to suddenly offer it. He would have already left if there was an exit. Right. So basically, they're all sort of creeping around the house, right? And we see Amanda mm -hmm. separates from Daniel after this reveal. So Amanda goes into the original safe room. She sees the number on the back of Jonas's neck. 
and she realizes what's going on. So then she goes back to find Daniel, saying like, okay, so there is a code. We could actually figure this out. So we can get out of here. Meanwhile, unfortunately, while he's wandering the house, Xavier finds the photo of Eric and Daniel. And in case we didn't get it, Allison, on the back of the photo are the words father and son. It's like, got it. Oh! Oh! Um, meanwhile, Matthews is watching all of this on the feed, you know, and, and sees that Xavier is now starting to murder people. So aside yes. from even the traps, one of them has gone so completely off the rails that he is now just killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthews goes over to John Kramer and says, I want to go to this place now. I want you to take me. I don't need to know what the fuck's going on. And John Kramer mm-hmm. says to him, I want to go now and tell you that your son is pissing blood right now. Matthews grabs Sir? grabs John Kramer's finger and just snaps it in half. I was like, Good. finally. Finally. And then just starts kicking his old ass, just fucking throwing Good. him around the room. You know, he's coughing up blood, bleeding from his face. And Jigsaw basically is like, yeah, that's the spirit. I knew I could get you to feel alive. And it's like, but you're terrorizing him and what? he's afraid his son's going to die. Like, it's not a fair exchange. Yeah, that's not... That's not anything. Like, we get in arguments with people we love all the time because that's what being human is. It doesn't mean there's not love there. And again, he did apologize on the voice message, which I'm like, he's doing what he can, you know? I mean, he's a dirty cop, and he should absolutely be fired for that. And Mm. um, I suppose if he was being punished, I think that's a slightly different conversation. But his kids didn't do anything, right? Right, right. However, um, back at the house... Addison is completely gassed. She's delusionally gassed, right? So she's just kind of wandering yeah. around. She wanders into a new room we haven't been in before and makes a rookie mistake because of all the gas. There is yeah. suspended from the ceiling a glass box with a no. syringe full of antidote inside. She reaches up and, of course, basically passes her hand through a mechanism. You got to have a mechanism. There's so many mechanisms and apparatus. A hundred percent. I know. It's like this guy, if this guy were to say call, call a cousin, Befriend yeah. somebody down at the community center. <laughs> like, take a swimming class. Get a dog. I don't know. Like, truly anything <laughs> would be a better legacy than this. And when she tries to pull her arm out, the mechanism closes. So essentially there's like a blade edge cutting her hand. So she cannot pull her hand back down. And she's trying frankly to grab this syringe. Allison, not only does she pull the top of the syringe off, spilling the antidote, after that, she then puts her other hand in the other part. So now she's trapped by both hands. I have to assume it's the gas because, girl, yeah, you did this not, to yourself at this point. Clearly. That's on you. Yeah, that's on you. However, Xavier comes in behind her. And there's an intimation like he's going to rape her or do something horrible. But instead, he just looks at her number on the back of her neck and puts her hair back and leaves her there to die. He's like, I'll leave you here. You seem to be taken care of. And so, and so yeah. Addison is left to just scream and scream. Meanwhile, Daniel and Amanda make it back to the safe room, the initial room. He finally sees Jonas is dead. He understands that Xavier's killing people. They're able to close the door before Xavier can get there, but Xavier has, he's pounding on the door. He's about to break the door closed, and there's nowhere for them to go. You know, like, there's no other exit, right. as far as I know. Meanwhile, back at Jigsaw's lair, um, Eric Matthews pulls a gun on John Kramer and presses it to his throat and says, take me to my son. And John Kramer, sort of under his voice, says, I'll take you, but only you. And so 
Eric Matthews made, I think, at a certain, like, probably what you just have decided to do, which is he grabs John Kramer up and he fucking makes a run for it. And he runs out. The, everyone's just so shocked that he's just basically hauling ass with Jugs, Jigsaw out of the building. He's able to get to his cruiser and he's able to start hauling ass with John Kramer in the car before the SWAT comes after him, right? Okay. The SWAT team goes to follow John and Eric Matthews. However, the SWAT uh-huh. team is using the location that the tech team just pulled. So they're not, they okay. lose sight of them. So instead of chasing the car, which has already gone, they're like, don't worry, we'll follow them. We have the location the tech team has for the streaming feed. Okay. And that's important just because, as we'll see, they're, they are going to end up being places. two different places. You know what's going to happen. Um, meanwhile, Amanda, again, Amanda and Daniel trying desperately to get out of this room. Amanda notices that Jonas's blood is pooling against a straight edge and realizes there's a trap door in the floor. Unfortunately, the trap yes. door is basically underneath the safe. So she needs Daniel to come leave the, the front door, which is bending as Xavier is slamming into it, yeah. and move the safe with her. Fortunately, they're able to do it, and they're able to open it like a trap door into the floor. So they drop down, and now they are just running through the bowels of the house, trying desperately to find another door. Outside, Eric Matthews and John Kramer screech to a stop, and Matthews goes to leap out of his cruiser to go rescue his son, and John Kramer, who has an IV, lifts the tape on his IV going into his hand. He says, you'll need this key. You'll need it when you get inside. And Matthews just rips it off, and John Kramer groans. It's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I don't care if that's uncomfortable. Also, oh, you hid a key under your IV. Whoa. You know, like, who are you impressing? Who is this for? Right, who's that for? Who's that for? Who's that for? Who's that for, Jigsaw? Matthews, fortunately, he opens the back door. He runs in right as Xavier breaks into the safe room and then sees, great, I got to follow them down into this trap door. So Eric, Xavier, Amanda, and Daniel are all in the same building, Right. And we see Amanda and Daniel walking through apparently very stinky hallways. It's filling with gas. As Xavier runs down the steps, everything's dark. Everything is inscrutable. Mm-hmm. Matthews is running, is yelling for his son, begging him to come out. He's also j- gagging, choking on the gas. And he finds the photo of him and his son on the ground and realizes, okay, so everyone here knows that I am the cop who, who put them oh. away and ruined their lives. Allison, we see the SWAT team pull up in front of a building. They leap from their van, and simultaneously as Matthews sort of pulls his gun and makes his way through the darkened house, the SWAT team breaks down the door, and Allison, Amanda, and Daniel walk through a door in the basement, and when they do, they find themselves in the bathroom from the original Saw. Of course, and that includes the corpses of the two people who were left there. Now, you recall these two people— and God, how long was that? Like, how long ago was that? Well, it uh, wasn't yesterday, I'll say that much. Wait. I would say they look fully mummified, so at least mm. months, uh, if not okay. longer. They look real bad, but they are for at least the time a man and Daniel can hide there in some level of safety. Meanwhile, Matthews has gotten to the safe room, finds Gus's and Jonas's bodies, and is panicking now. He's like, okay, so, yes. so my son could be dead right now. He runs down the mm-hmm. basement following all of them. Xavier finds Amanda and Daniel in the saw bathroom. And Daniel's kind of slumped over, and she tells him he's gone. He's dead. It's just me. You don't have to do this. And he says, I don't care. I just need his number and yours. 
And Amanda Point said, okay, but if you kill us, which I think is the best point that anyone's made on this movie, how will you be able to read your own number? Because there are no mirrors in here yes. or reflective surfaces. Yes. Allison, this motherfucker's so crazy. He reaches up and he just starts cutting the skin off his own neck in the same place that everyone's number is. He cuts it off and he puts it in his pocket. At that point, I'm like, uh, you know, like... Yeah, there's no reason I can... Jigsaw was wrong to do that. Like, it's like, that guy was too stupid to learn. Like, you like you think right. that somehow the person's going to learn. It's like, that guy was never going to learn from this. Yeah, he wasn't going to take this and be like, wow, I have to make some changes. Like, yeah. Just then, as Xavier advances on Amanda to cut off her own number, Daniel leaps up, still alive, yeah, and slits Xavier's throat Great. as Amanda screams and screams. Allison, back at Jigsaw's lair, back at John Kramer's lair, sorry, mm-hmm. Carrie is watching the feed. She can't see the SWAT team. The SWAT team finds monitors, which are playing the stream, sort of in a Thanksgiving-esque way. Something is being streamed from that location. Okay. We see Rig reach out and press pause on what I think is a DVD player. It could also be a, a, a VHS player. Allison, they're not simply at the wrong house. It's the wrong time. Everything we've been watching already happened. It's all a recording. Yeah. I was going to guess that, like, yes. it's too late. It's too late. This is all, they've not been watching in real time. This has already happened. Yeah. Of course, Matthews doesn't know this because he's, right. he's, he still thinks they're there in real time. He gets to the bathroom to see there's a figure in the bathtub. And he sees, like, a little white hand hanging out. And, of course, assumes it's his son. So he goes to it horrified. The person leaps up in a pig mask and stabs Matthews with a syringe. Mm. Meanwhile, Carrie turns around because in John Kramer's lair, a a second safe, identical to the first safe, swings open inside and had been there the entire time. Oh, no. Is Daniel Matthews alive, though obviously extremely traumatized, bound up? with an oxygen tank, and he looks at them, and he starts screaming and crying. I hate to say this, but Jigsaw did say that your son's in a safe place. Mm. And that's almost an unforgivable pun. Yeah, that's too, like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's really... Or is that one so bad that actually I'm kind of back on board? Like, it's like, oh, if we're doing full-on Looney Tunes puns, right? then I'm back right. on board. This is the first one I'm like, that's so stupid. I'm back on board. Interesting. It's interesting. Yes. However, unfortunately, back in Jigsaw's house in the Saw bathroom, Eric Matthews awakens in the dark. He's illuminated by his flashlight dropped on the ground. And next to him, Allison is a recorder, and he presses play. Only this time, it's not Jigsaw's voice. It's Amanda. She says, after he saved my life, I found myself a father, a leader, a teacher. No. She says, what is the cure for cancer, Eric? The cure for cancer is the same as as the cure for death itself. The answer is immortality. It's creating a legacy. So what we find out is that Amanda credits Jigsaw with saving her life and, no. and teaching her truly the meaning of being alive. So that no, she has become essentially his minion yes. and worships him as a cult leader. She is the one who abducted Daniel. And she has been helping Jigsaw this entire time. 
And we flash back to all these moments, including when John Kramer says, you'll find your son in a safe place. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. But she basically says, I am the one who will carry on John Kramer's legacy after he dies. And I will do it in honor of him because to me, the way he explains it, like his morality makes sense to me. And you are my first test subject because when you framed me, you locked me away. You ruined my life after, after I had attempted, struggled to make a life for myself. You locked me away. Mm-hmm. And now here you are locked away. And we'll see what happens. And he looks up to see Amanda closing the door and telling him, game over. Which is, again, you didn't have to say that. Just have her shut it. I mean, it you're be. really undoing the, the powerful stuff that might have been in that speech. And outside we see in the passenger seat of Eric Matthews' cruiser that John Kramer has finally died. And then the credits start, and they play Forget to Remember by Mudvayne. I'm like, hell yeah! Remember yeah. Mudvayne? Rock. The end, Allison. <sighs> Here's what makes no sense about that argument at the end. In my mind, it's like, okay, like you know that this dirty cop did a, a bad thing. But couldn't you make the same argument like, oh, by putting him in prison, that actually taught me a lesson? Like, then you, you've you rationalized everything, but you're mad at him for also a bad thing? Like, right. by that logic, every bad thing that ever happens to you is actually good because it makes you appreciate life more. You know what I mean? Like, Right, yeah. You don't get to pick and choose which events in your life and people in your life, like, fall into which buckets. Like, either that's yes. your philosophy or it's not. Also, isn't Jigsaw essentially just the or incarceration? Like, you were he punished you for being a drug addict and now you got arrested for possession. Aren't they doing the exact same thing where they're punishing right. you for something that is a medical and sociological and psychological problem? So it's like what is the difference between what? jigsaw and prison? Aren't they the same thing? Yeah, I don't get it. Um I do think that the safe joke does redeem this movie for me. And I, I'm sure. saying, I like this movie. I just don't like the Jigsaw himself. I'm like, girl. The organizing principle of honey, Jigsaw isn't, isn't working It's exhausting. Well, you just need to have like, you could have this kind of like hubris, but you need to have a little comeuppance. You need to have the right. moment where he's wrong, where somebody does do the good thing, where Daniel saves somebody. Like, like the to set this up the entire time and then not subvert it is, mm-hmm. yes, it's exactly. as a film unsatisfying. That being said, did I have a, a fun time watching this? Yes. But sure. it is just funny where you're just like, get to the end of it, it's like, well, but- Give me some, I want nuance. Give me, give me a serial killer with nuance, but that's because there's been so many serial killer things since then, or maybe we're kind of right. used to the idea of like a more nuanced serial killer where this guy's just out to fucking have so fun and no, build apparatus, you know? Right. There was no promise that Amanda would survive this though. No. I guess we're to think that, that because she is his acolyte, that is his understanding as well that he was going to. But she didn't know, like, Xavier could have killed her. Xavier, Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Like, Xavier could have, yeah. Kill, could have killed her right out the gate and she'd have no reason to. But I guess she'd be okay with that on some level. Like, it would be fine mm. in her mind to give herself, her give her life for the new philosophy. You know what I mean? Long live the philosophy of Jigsaw, I suppose. And I, I haven't seen the rest other than Spiral, but we certainly, this certainly won't be the end of followers and lessons uh, gleaned yes. from John Kramer's legacy. Um, so, Alison, what are some fatal mistakes you think people may have made in the movie Saw 2? Oh. 
fatal mistakes. Don't be a dirty cop. That's the one. Don't be a dirty cop. Don't also, be a like, dirty don't cop. Don't be that surprised. Like you see, right. and I guess we think he's just such a dirty cop. He doesn't recognize anyone of the other seven people besides his son. I don't know. You wouldn't, maybe, I mean, I guess we think like he's such a dirtbag, but then it's like, then give me a moment of seeing his dirtbagness. Yeah, right. Yes. I, and I would have appreciated yes. a little bit more of that. Cause like instead the whole time I'm just like kind of feeling bad for him well, until we feel, learn that. Like, yeah, exactly. And like, let the mask drop. Give us that moment of like, I am a piece of shit. Like I, yeah, give us a little more. It's just a character development thing. Again, I still thought yeah. it was fun, but you know, like if you, it's just those little moments would have taken this to the next level for me. Yeah. But again, whatever. Like I'm like, oh, this is Saw. It's an iconic film series. You, you know what you're getting yeah. out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that is not necessarily a philosophy that we're all going to agree with. You know what I mean? No. Um, I would say other than that, um, I mean, everybody in the, like, was trying in the house. Except for Xavier. And again, Xavier, we right. should have given, like, give me a sob story. Explain to me why he's so broken. Why give is me he a, a moment. Like, that something so yeah. horrible happened to him that he was, yeah, like, a villain monologue. Or sort of like, you don't understand, Something. like, this thing happened to me and now I can never trust anyone. And then right. it's sort of like how every um, Stephen King movie has that character, you know? Mm-hmm. It has that someone who is on the edge like they're and then this horrible experience brings out something in them you know if he's already if he starts in at 11 eh, where's there to go yeah you know? uh, yeah right we need to develop it more um and again yeah. i don't mean to criticize this film which i actually really enjoyed but I, I don't know it's like almost you could feel it pressing up against the limits of what it was a little bit in a way that i thought yeah. was interesting and Jigsaw, what, just a silly guy. So this yeah. isn't going to work. This is the worst way to get people, no. to, you know, get people to appreciate life. Be nice to them. Be nice to Give them. Give them help. Treat them. If if you, amazing if a man has drug addiction, pay for her to go to rehab. Be, a, right. be an actual father figure. Treat the disease. Help her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they just like, I'm going to teach you. It's like, yes, you could have actually taught her, helped her yes. get her driver's license back, help her write a resume. Like, you could have genuinely just helped someone with a drug addiction rather than, I will torture you. It's like, no, grow up. You just want to build the, it's like, I want right. to do this, so I'm going to explain backwards why I'm allowed to do this. Yes, exactly. Um, it's kind of like when serial killers are sort of like angel of deaths, like sort of, mm-hmm. you know, they they kill patients like to put them on their misery. It's like, no, that's obviously not what it is because then every nurse would do that. Like, it's obviously yeah. you have this compulsion and you have to rationalize to yourself why you're allowed to fulfill it. Yes. Um, other than that, I get, I mean, yeah, other than Xavier, everyone was trying. Jonas was trying, you know, yeah. like everyone really gave it a go. Yeah. And um, again, I just don't think that they were <laughs> deserved any of that stuff that happened to them. No. Um, there, But by the grace of God, we're all, we all could be drug addicts. And I, I just yes. feel like, well, you're already dealing with that. And then suddenly you're, you wake up and you're, you got a, a bear trap yeah. on your head. That's not fair. That's not fair. Come on. Um, and then finally, where would you place uh, Saw 2 on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. Uh, it was gross, mm-hmm. and that is a good scary twist yeah, at the right? end. It's, like yeah, having satisfying. it be her, and that he died, and that like they're in the wrong place, and this has all been—it's all like. I'm gonna say a six. Okay, six, great. Six, yeah. What about you? Um, 
you know, I agree. Very satisfying twist. And I thought everyone was good in it. Like, everyone's giving everything they can to this, these characters. I, I've said it before. If there is, like, a police procedural element to things, yeah. I don't find lost. it as yeah. scary, you know? Because yeah. it's more of a thriller. And I still enjoyed that. But right. I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it a three. Just really, yeah. I, I invent two traps. I'll give him that. Gorgeous gowns. Um, it just... Yeah, it, it, I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, saw the original. I, I think that's really, you know, I don't think it's just James Wan, but James Wan really set the pace. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but this was definitely watchable. It's certainly better than some other sequels we'll have coming yep. coming down the pipe Great. towards you. We just also want to say we got a uh, a very fun request that we wanted yes. to indulge from someone who is in love, and that person wanted us to uh, do something special because they're asking their partner to be their partner, and so we wanted to say, "Okay, P would love for you to be their partner." And as a devoted listener, w- what better way to hear about it than from yes. us? Yes, let us uh, meddle in your personal life. Um, and <laughs> uh, I, I hope you both are very happy. And thank you for including us in. Uh, your love journey. I love this shit. Congratulations. I love love. And also in general, if anyone wants us to yeah. any engagements, weddings, yep. no, no breakups. You no know, breakups. Only you. positive that's, stuff only. Yes. But thank you so much for, for asking us to do this. We think it was super sweet and we hope you have a wonderful time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Allison, thank you so much for listening to another horror movie. It truly is the highlight of my week. I can't believe I keep putting myself through this. <laughs> I know. And it's only it's only because you're only able to because then you immediately forget everything. And I think that's noble. It's true. That's Goldfish noble. brain is saving my saving my ability to keep moving with my life. Yeah, you couldn't even remember not have this ruin it. Couldn't even remember the name for life. That's how how much yep. you've cleared out. Um, um alrighty. Well, thank you all for joining us and uh more sequels coming at you this month. And I guess all we have to do is ask you to please. Keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky. Please keep it Please. spooky. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for show updates. And if you're just as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Sieglin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okalati. If you like drag, shade, and getting all the answers, you've got to check out the hilarious podcast, Give It To Me Straight. Host Maddie Morphosis, star of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14, sits down with your favorite drag, music, and internet superstars for in-depth, personal, and always shady interviews. I have listened to this podcast, and it is genuinely great, and it's nice to see a great interviewer. I feel like you don't get that in every interview podcast, and this one, at least from my perspective, Maddie Morphosis is doing more than the most, is doing an excellent job. Oh, I love that so much. So you can learn about the humble beginnings, highs and lows, and most embarrassing moments of your favorite drag superstars straight from the source. Listen to Give It To Me Straight now on your favorite podcast app. Catch up on previous interviews with stars like Alaska, Willow Pill, Denali, Lady Camden, and Mistress Isabel Brooks, and tune in for new episodes every other Thursday. Give It To Me Straight is a Maddie Morphosis and Moguls of Media production.